Hello, and welcome to season two of the podcast, Human Design with Livy. Each week, I sit down with incredible guests who candidly share about their journeys of growing their personal brands online. We dive into their own brand story, their expertise, and their human design. I've honestly learned so much from each guest, and I can't wait for everyone to enjoy this series too. Here's a snippet of what's to come. Success has nothing to do with how much money you're bringing in, and it has everything to do with the quality and depth of connections that you're making. And that actually, when you start to measure success by that parameter, every single day gets to be successful. And then naturally, the money and the profit and the impact will come in. And I think one of the best ways to make your offer irresistible is to speak to enough people that have the same problem, that you learn from hearing the same complaints and desires. Okay, that's what I have to create. A very, very important part of my brand is actually ease, which felt and feels still like a real challenge because it's having to undo this kind of impulse to keep on doing, not not working like an animal, but just actually really taking the time to be where I'm at. You can be expanded by somebody and not have to copy paste. There are strategies and structures, but like it, really has to come from within and it's so unique when it does hello and welcome back to the podcast in this episode i speak with natalie martin a menstrual cycle awareness and embodiment coach who works with women to help them find balance and do life without losing their shit Nat's a 3-5 projector with splenic authority, which I think comes across so clearly in this episode, as she shares the defining moments in building her personal brand, which all followed these intuitive decision-making to leave her job and go to India, to train as a menstrual cycle awareness coach, and then waking up one day and realizing that she needed to do an embodiment course and booking on that same day. 3-5s really have a capacity to impress others because they are really willing to take risks in life. And I think that's so clear from what Nat talks about in this episode. Highlights of the episode include learning about menstrual cycle awareness and syncing it with your business, the seasons of your cycle, and how you might tend to show up in each of those seasons, how personal your own cycle is to when you feel good to show up online, when you might be feeling a little bit more imposter syndrome and a loud inner critic. Nat's own pleasure and embodiment journey, as well as the connection between embodiment and your business. We also spoke a lot about the fact that she's a 3-5 projector and what it means for her to have splenic authority. We actually recorded this episode whilst Nat was pregnant and she's since had her little baby. So sending her so many congratulations. I really hope you enjoy this episode, guys. So welcome Nat to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on today. Do you want to introduce us yourself to the listeners? You can share who you are, your human design and and what you do. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Nat, Natalie K. Martin. Um, I'm a menstrual cycle awareness and pleasure embodiment coach, author, um, ex-yoga teacher, (laughs) still yoga teacher. I'm not sure about that part. Um, And my human design, I am a projector with splenic authority. I believe I'm an energetic projector, if I've understood that part right. And I'm a 3-5 profile, so martyr heretic 
profile amazing um yeah so yeah lots of mix of things there which I love typical refive doing many different things um do you want to share a little bit about uh how you got to where you are now in building your brand usually I ask the a guest just to share three defining moments in um in your journey I'd love to hear um I guess the first defining moment would have been back in 2013 I think it was um I I was in the process of learning French and I, I met a group of French musicians <laughs> in a market one day and um and long story short they basically convinced me to give up my job and go to India which is something that I'd never wanted to do I'd never really wanted to go to India at all wow um, and it was just one of those things that I didn't really think about it um you know like they they invited me and I, I just kind of said don't be silly that's ridiculous but when I got back to London after being in France for that summer and, and just kind of went back to my job um it became very clear that I didn't want to continue doing that I was working in corporate human resources um and so I made like a decision on the spot really to just leave my job and do my notice and leave and looking back on it now I can see so clearly that that was just my human design my intuition. yeah but at the time it, it made no sense to anybody um but it was absolutely the right thing to do and it, it was um at that time um yeah I left my job I went to India and that kind of set me on the the India path let's say um which led to me getting a book contract um and being able to write novels full-time it led to me meeting my partner um which led to me also teaching yoga and that was kind of my step into the the wellnessy um spirituality area um I'd never really paid that much attention to it before although I had gone to yoga and everything um so that was I would say that was probably the first milestone that that intuitive decision to just leave like a really well-paid job with a great pension and free travel in London and you know all those like great perks um the second milestone I would say was probably the corona pandemic um yeah I at that time had I'd stopped taking the pill um for a few years just you know once you get into things like yoga and start to think about like what's what you're putting in your body and I'd, I'd stopped taking the pill and when the corona pandemic happened obviously you know like my I just wasn't really earning any income anymore like my yoga classes had transferred to online which was great um but it you know it was not anywhere near the same I'd lost corporate yoga clients and um my part-time cafe job wasn't existing anymore so I again it was an intuitive hit um I put on a workshop a writing and yoga workshop I was being mentored at the time by Vienda Maria who you also had on your podcast and you know yeah. just very intuitively said I want to get back into writing um because I kind of let it fall to the wayside with the yoga side of things and and I we worked together to create this workshop which Claire Baker came to um and I'd never really had any dealings with Claire before um but after that 
she just kept popping up on my feed and I saw that she had a menstrual cycle awareness um, coaching program or to become a, a cycle coach. And I, I honestly didn't even know what it was. Um, I was, I loved all things menstrual cycle, um, having come off the pill and learned about it, but I didn't know anything about menstruality or menstrual cycle awareness. And again, it was just this, I, I saw the post um, I went to the link in her bio. I remember walking my dog <laughs> and watching the video as we were walking around the fields. And I was just like, yes, this is absolutely for me. Um, and so that's what's kind of started my menstrual cycle awareness um, work, let's say. And the third milestone is a little bit tricky. Um, when it comes to like my the, my pleasure journey, it's something I've been on for such a long, long, long time. Um, but I would say probably I just woke up like one day, probably about a year and a half ago now, and just was like, I need to do an embodiment course. And I just woke up and I Googled it and um, Jenny Mears came up first. And I was just like, yes, this is exactly what I need. And, and again, there wasn't really much thought process behind it. It was just what felt like the right you know like opening the right tab at the right time and um and then I started this year-long um pleasure embodiment course which I finished um I've been certified in it since February this year and that has been a very big um been a big milestone insofar as it's really helped me to see where I've been tripping myself up a lot in terms of my pleasure and my business and my life and all kinds of stuff. Um, and I had a pretty big breakthrough moment in September. No, actually November it was um, around that. And yeah, so I would say those are probably the, the big three milestones when I look back at what's culminated in me being here. Wow. That's incredible. I don't think I knew that about about your journey. Mm. Um, I kind of knew parts of it, but um, yeah, not obviously that, you know, th three defining moments, but um, really interesting to hear. There was so much um, of you trusting in your intuition. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really, really powerful because it's so easy to disconnect from it, isn't it? In in this sort of day and age I think unless you are in tune with your body and I think especially with splenic authority it requires a lot of trust mm -hmm. <laughs> um I'd love to hear what it feels like for you when you in your body mm. um what what does that intuition feel like for you how do you know that it's speaking to you as opposed to your mind kind of talking that's a question that's a really good question um when it's my mind talking it feels like it feels very logical um, and it and it can often feel quite loud <laughs> and it's you know I still struggle with this now and then um, you know I had an offering recently that came up and I was like this is definitely my intuition talking and actually when I think back on it, it I think it was my mind talking it was very there's a little bit of a um, like a matter of fact authoritative Mm. tone whereas when I look back on those moments of, of of intuition like those three milestones that I just shared with you mm. 
I haven't really done anything mm. in those situations. And they've also kind of been things that just felt a little bit random. Like I'm, you know, I'm a pretty shy person. <laughs> um, it's definitely got better over the years, but back in 2013, I was pretty shy. And, you know, like for me to go and speak to a group of musicians in a market in the South of France, like <laughs> that was the first trip that I'd ever made alone. And um, it didn't really make any sense logically. Um, and when I look back on on moments of intuition like that, it's very much, yeah, it's it's doing something that doesn't make sense or is outside of my comfort zone. So, um, you know, the same with the cycle coach school. Like, I didn't know anything about it. It didn't make any sense for me to just decide, oh, menstrual cycle coaching. Um, same with waking up and deciding I need to do an embodiment course, and and it all happening at the right time as well. So it wasn't, I found this thing and now I have to wait like six months for it. You know, it was like, here's my intuition speaking and things just really fell into place to enable it all to happen. So it feels like when it's my intuition, it's, it's just, it's like the flow of water. Like I don't really have to do anything. And once I listen to it, then things kind of unfold. Whereas when it's my mind, it feels a lot more like this is a very good thing to do. You should do this. And then having to kind of put more effort and work in to it. If that makes sense. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I really, I really love how you describe that because I think the mind wants to kind of keep us safe and know the answers, doesn't it? And um, yeah. is often speaking through the the conditioning of our design or you know our, our life experiences whereas in Russian like you say it just doesn't really make sense and you kind of have to trust it in the moment and I feel like it does actually when you have spinach authority you do have to hold a lot of trust because mm -hmm. things don't make sense and there's that element of spontaneity um you know to you mm -hmm. and to life and to experiences um mm -hmm. which um again is something I think that requires trust in a day and age where we have to fit you know it feels like we have to have things figured out and um yeah it is it's, it's like yeah it, yeah that's yeah it's beautiful to to hear really how it how it plays out in your life um yeah, I think having the, the the line five no Marta, the line three, three. yeah um, really helps as well <laughs> because you know like sometimes I'll just will have those feelings and do something and and it will kind of be like yeah but how do you know that's going to work out like what happens if and I'm kind of like well you know if it doesn't then I'll do something else <laughs> like there isn't so that I feel like there's a little bit less not less fear there's always fear um or trepidation but I am able to kind of back myself up by knowing that like I'll figure something out if it doesn't work out like you know it's like going to India I have no idea I've never wanted to go there I don't know how to travel in India what if I you know what if it goes wrong blah blah, blah. and I'm like well then I'll come back and get a job <laughs> you know like there's it's it just it, it feels very um it feels it always feels doable when it's something that's coming to me through my spleen because it's backed up by this feeling of it will be okay you'll figure it out 
Whereas when I really let my mind talk to me, it kind of feels like there's so much more at stake. That makes yeah, sense. yeah, that does that makes a lot of sense. I think um, it's it's something that um, as third lines, you really have to like that's the quickest way to learn, isn't it? To 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 just go for it, and that's how you learn, um, and that's the thing that's going to bring you closer to your truth. So to be able to trust again that that is the way that's best for you. Um, and like you say, it's kind of like that. What what's there to lose, really, in experimentation? Um, we we're only going to learn something, and and it it if it works out, great. If it doesn't, then you've got something to teach the people you were meant to teach. You know, through your through your trial and error. And I think that itself requires a lot of resilience sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because you know it can be quite an up and down journey as three fives in getting them closer towards their truth so um yeah do you want to speak to that a little bit of like the kind of that what you've experienced as maybe the highs and the lows or the trials and the errors or you know the yeah that process <laughs> yeah. um I mean like resilience is something that I've known I've had just for a very long time but I don't think I'd realized that it was really linked to this thing of experimentation until I learned what my profile was um I mean a good example is you know I met my my, my partner um we met in in India in Goa and and you know we kind of traveled around together a little bit and now I'm living in the, in the south of Germany and it was a very like intuitive, spontaneous decision that didn't require any, um, yeah, it just felt like the right thing to do. Um, but there's like, oh, there's been a lot of experimentation <laughs> in there, you know, like I was totally unprepared, right? And most of the time, if you know that you're going to move to a new country, you might research, like start learning the language. Um, I was self-employed. I had a limited company at that time. Um, you know, there were so many things that I just didn't prepare for because I just trusted my intuition. So I came here and I just you know, I didn't speak the language apart from what I'd learned at school and could barely remember that. Um, I had no idea about rules of, you know, living in a, a certain place, having a business based in a certain place, tax, all of that. Um, I had no idea about the healthcare system. And, you know, so there were like a lot of, of, of mistakes, really, um, I guess you could call them that probably could have been avoided um had I not been a line three <laughs> um I have a tendency to kind of like jump in <laughs> feet first and then mm -hmm. you know learn those mistakes the hard way later and it was really um you know especially with my business and especially because my I've got so many things going on there's like you know books and yoga and coaching and everything else and and then mm. having like multiple currencies because I'm English speaking so most of my clients are you know from the UK or the US um and I just my my experimental nature sometimes is just like oh yeah it'll be fine like I'll just take care of it no problem um whereas 
yeah another another profile might have you know kind of thought okay actually what do I need to know what are my rights what are my um obligations and things like that so yeah there's a few things where um it can really trip me up sometimes that I can just that I know that I can just get through things right like I can just if something happens I work through it and it's fine um and it's it's a it's definitely a, a resilience and um um, like stress, a point of strength. But then again, having said that, there are times when I can I can feel a lot of freedom because I am someone who can just say, well, I don't really like doing this anymore. You know, like this doesn't work for me. Um, when I stopped writing, for example, um, you know, I was like, well, I'm really interested in yoga now. And that, that feels like it has more significance in my life. And, and it felt very easy for me to just stop writing and to put down a career that had, you know, sustained me really well financially, that provided me like the freedom to be completely location independent and to reach people and, you know, like being interviewed on the BBC and like being featured in newspapers and magazines. And it was just kind of like, it's very easy for me to let go of things, but I think sometimes that line three, um, it can be a bit fickle <laughs> and it's not very long sighted, um, but it all, it's all things that have led me to where I am now. And it's all really important for me to recognize that and to reconcile that because I actually started watching um, going through your brand foundations again I think it was last week and um, you know and we were talking about you were talking about purpose and what is your purpose and you know I'd kind of like sat and grappled with this for such a long time and um, and in the end I think what my line three has shown me is just that like I for me personally, my purpose in life is to just experience as many things as possible and um, and to, to have the life that I want to have. And, you know, then by doing that, being able to share that with other people. And I know that for me, being able to have the life that I have, I, I, need, I don't know that I'm going to like something until I've tried it yes you know like it's it's really difficult me and my boyfriend fight heads about this all the time because he is not a line three I think <laughs> a, I think he's a one five if my if my mind's correct um you know and there'll be so many things where you know we'll be talking about something or there'll be an idea about something and he'll be like yeah but I don't want to do this if I don't know that you're in it you know I don't want to like start it and then stop it and I'm like but I I literally physically I can't tell you if I'm going to like this experience or if this is going to feel good for me until I've tried it, it's just not possible. Um, and so really when I was sitting and thinking about my purpose, it was like, my purpose is just to try things. <laughs> it's just to try things and to be okay to say like, this feels good to me right now. And this is what I want right now. And, and by doing that, I think I get to kind of sort out the wheat from the chaff in my life and be able to say, this is for me, this isn't for me. And when I am able to do that and really master that, then it, it helps me with my clients and, you know, showing them that you don't have to have everything figured out. Like you can experiment, you can 
try. So yeah, it's a it's a double-edged sword, that line three. Oh my gosh, I love everything that you've just shared there. I think it really is the embodiment of of a yeah, of a three-five, especially a third line where actually and having, you know, you've got an open identity center, haven't you? So the kind of yeah. the question around like purpose, we can sometimes get fixated of like, what is my purpose? You know, which direction am I going in? Um, and you know, those bigger life kind of questions come up. And I, I think you do, just as you were saying, you do manifest your purpose through your profile of just, you know, learning through trial and error, through experimentation, um, giving yourself permission to experiment with many different things, fail, make mistakes, you know, um, and yeah, I love what you were saying about your partner, because I think sometimes, sometimes like third lines, they can be resistant to, um, you know, not share it, saying that he was like giving you advice in any way, but I often feel like third lines can be resistant to others' advice because you just want to try things for yourself. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm absolutely resistant. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's terrible. It's, <laughs> you know, it's not enough to know that something works. You need yeah. to experience it for yourself. And, yeah. um, yeah. And I think when you know that there's no such thing as like making a state mistake or, you know, failing, it's really just that you're trying new things that are bringing you closer to what works for you. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And then you can externalize that as part of that fifth line of sharing you know with many your message of what's worked and what hasn't worked and what you're moving through currently and it's just so real I think third line um life <laughs> you know yeah it's 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 real all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> love it so do you want to talk to us a little bit about um menstrual cycle awareness and um, how it supported you in your personal life, in your business, um, especially obviously because the listeners are growing personal brands. So if there is anything that you can share on the kind of the link between cycle and business or what your own obviously third line experience of it all has been, um, I'd love to hear some some more. Yeah, sure. Um, so basically menstrual cycle awareness is at its core, it's being aware of the fact that you have a menstrual cycle or have had a menstrual cycle and what your lived experience of it is. So that's like the, the super, super basic um, explanation. Um, and for just as a quick explanation of the menstrual cycle, there are more, there's more than one phase to it. I think most people, I certainly was like this when I first started to learn about the menstrual cycle I just thought it was like my period. So I would just get my period and then like I'd get my period about a month later and that would be it. But there's actually um, four phases to the cycle and each of those phases um, relate to different hormonal levels in your body. And those hormonal levels and um, just the virtue of having a menstrual cycle can, can and do shape the way that we live our lives so the way that we eat um, the kind of foods that we'll gravitate towards um, the quality and quantity of our sleep um, our self-confidence our tolerance for other people our energy levels stamina like really everything um, in terms of our lives um, including how we show up for our business so 
um, you know, like there will be certain times when you feel more um, inclined to do social media or reels. There'll be more times where you're like, I absolutely don't want to be in front of the camera at all. Um, there'll be more time, different times in your cycle where you will feel inspired with new ideas, etc. And all of this is because we we ebb and flow with with the cycle. Um, and it's really interesting because when I think about menstrual cycle awareness, it is a big old experiment. Um, <laughs> really what we're trying to do is to live in accordance with our menstrual cycle. So, you know, the world that we live in and unfortunately the trap that I fell into, and I think I'm definitely not alone with this, um, of you know switching over to running my own business and, and working for myself was that I still I brought with me the structures from the corporate world so you know Monday to Friday <laughs> more often than not Saturday and Sunday working um, and kind of like you know feeling like I have to sit down in front of my laptop from morning until late afternoon and just I kind of had brought that corporate structure of how things should be done into my business um, and I know a lot of other people do that as well and menstrual cycle awareness is really asking you to look at okay but actually what structure and what timeline do you operate on um, when do you feel like you have more energy when do you feel like doing this particular task or activity more naturally when do you feel that your um yeah, that your mental clarity is better or that you, you know, that your, your self-confidence is high or whatever it might be. Um, and so it's really about aligning to what your particular cycle is and your particular rhythms are. Um, and for some people that's really, you know, they have the same rhythm and, and everything every month and they can really set their clock by um, or set their calendars by a certain date where they absolutely do not need to be near any social media because their inner critic will be really loud or um you know they know that on this particular day they will get a migraine that will like knock them out and the best thing they can do is sleep but then there'll also be people like me who there is definitely rhythms in the cycle but those rhythms and the way that they manifest can change so for me it's really interesting because when I think about the menstrual cycle, it feels like a big experiment um, in following its lead and reacting or, res well, responding to it. Um, and really, you know, through the process of knowing and asking myself, okay, I'm on this day of my cycle, how do I feel? Um, much like I'm doing right now in, in pregnancy. Um, yesterday I woke up and I was like, okay, this is how I feel physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and then adjusting my day according to it, because to do anything else or to try to force, to try to force myself into this rigid pattern that we've brought, that I've brought from the corporate world will not do me any justice. If anything, it's going to make me feel worse. So yeah, I think, you know, it's when you're building your own brand, like what you're asking people to do from a human design perspective is to really get individual, like to really look at yourself and to really look at what your strengths, your potential weaknesses are, 
um, you know, well, what gates are open, what centers are open, what that means. And in menstrual cycle awareness, it's, it's a similar kind of thing, but just looking at your menstrual cycle um, and, and seeing like, okay, this is, this is where I'm really strong. This is where I'm potentially open to, um, yeah, to influence from the outside world um, and really just going from there. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just being aware, I said just, but it is just being aware of the fact that you are not the same every day, um, that you have a cycle and then learning how to live in tune with the cycle that you have. Amazing. So fascinating. Um, (laughs) Really amazing. Because I feel like some in the corporate world, as you say, you're kind of not taught to trust in your own rhythms. And it's very on, you know, like you were saying, nine to five all of the time. And then um, as a result, I imagine we sort of suppress that connection to our own rhythms and cycles and um, and and gifts really um the gifts that we can bring in the various stages like you were saying I'd love to know so what are the what are the stages where you feel of the month or of your cycle sorry that you're more likely to want to this might be too general but to kind of want to show up and share your message and you know mm-hmm. be a lot more vocal and light on you kind of thing versus when would it feel like the inner critic is loud and um you could perhaps choose other tasks that might be suitable for that phase yeah well I mean it's really nuanced (laughs) because though there are these four phases of the cycle everybody reacts to their hormones differently and 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 I think it also just comes down a lot to personality um, but generally speaking, the, the, the common thought <laughs> when you start working with menstrual cycle awareness is that uh, they we talk about seasons to kind of explain the phases of the cycle. So winter is when you have your period. Spring is like the days after you have your period until you ovulate. Um, ovulation is summer and then your premenstrual phase is uh, autumn. And the kind of common thinking is that spring and summer, so like the the end of your period until like roughly just after you ovulate, which for people who have about a 28 day cycle will be roughly like um, days six until about 18 of their cycle. And that's supposed to be when we're more outgoing and we want to be seen more um we're more charming and all of that kind of um you know the confidence is there the ideas are there because when you look at what's actually happening biologically in a cycle your body is preparing to ovulate which is you know ovulation is the actually the only time in your cycle that you can get pregnant um so if you're someone who who thought you can get pregnant every single day which is what I thought which is why I was taking the pill for 17 years um you can actually only get pregnant in a very 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 short window of your cycle it's like a day um up to five days um but your body wants to get pregnant because it's what your body is you know built to do let's say um it's what the menstrual cycle is aiming for and so it will your hormones will do things to your mind and to your body 
to make you more attractive to and more likely to attract a mate. So, um, you know, the way that we speak, we're supposed to be a lot more charismatic around those times of our cycles. We have more ideas, we're more outward facing, and we're more likely to want to be with people because you can't get pregnant by yourself. Um, whereas the time after you've ovulated, so once that <laughs> opportunity for, preg for impregnation is gone, and the time that we have our periods are said to be the times when we're a lot more introspective and less likely to want to, to show up in a way that's for other people. Um, but it is really nuanced, right? Like for me, I learned through my cycle that I, I, I actually like to show up at all phases in my cycle, but the way that I do it will be different. So you know, my inner summer, for uh, my inner spring, for example, once I finished my period, I learned that that was a really great time for me to make reels um, because I just felt very experimental. Um, I had a lot of just ideas and I was more willing to do more playful kinds of things. So I would show up in my business in that way. Um, whereas in my premenstrual phase, I would my inner critic would be loud, but I would still want to show up. And the way that I would show up would be <laughs> quite sassy and bitey because, um, yeah, there's just a different flavor to that phase of the cycle. Like most people will understand what it feels like to kind of be PMSing and just kind of be a bit short and a bit like snappy and, and, direct and and maybe a little bit more um firm and so when I would show up and want to share things it would it would just have a slightly different tone so I'm really hesitant to say like do this do that do this do that at this time these different times in your cycle especially when it comes to business because again like we have to have something to work to right so we say it's a 28 day cycle. We say you should feel like this at this time and like this at that time. But the, the whole point is for you to understand how you feel. Um, because you might be someone who absolutely does not want to show up in your business while you're ovulating, which I've had with clients before. They're like, I just don't want to. And I feel, I feel like I'm a really bad menstrual cycle awareness person because I would rather just kind of like loll around and, and enjoy my life for those few days instead of being hyper productive and, and being really out there in the way that we're quote unquote supposed to be at that time in our cycle so the easiest way for people to know what to do um, and how to show up is to start tracking their cycle because as soon as you start doing that you'll see within a couple of months even or a couple of cycles depending how long your cycle is you'll see pretty quickly that there are patterns of how you feel and and the tone with which you bring with you and the activities you naturally want to gravitate towards. And then you can use that information um, to like to fill your calendar in a way that actually works for you. Wow. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Amazing. It's pretty, it's pretty I, liberating. When yeah. You, when you realize that it's like, oh, wow, great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I, can't, I, I obviously know about the four sort of seasons and, mm -hmm. Um, have a general understanding of what goes on within each but I've never um, 
I've never sort of like tracked the tasks. Maybe I'll kind of clear my calendar when I know my period's coming and I, you know, don't really want to be outward facing. Um, But that's the extent of it. And yeah, it'll be helpful, I think, to just sort of tap into my own you're like you're saying it must be so nuanced for everyone the whole point is to kind of to bring awareness to your own body and your own cycle I mean you know there are people who like to have guidelines and I totally get that um so for those people like you know when you have your period you're said to be um more introspective and um you know kind of like wanting to be in hibernation mode but it's also said to be um, a time where you can get a lot of, of ideas, um, inspiration, especially for business. I know that I used to get a lot of um, ideas when I was having my period, if I could give myself some quiet time um, about my business or about my life. Um, and so it's supposed to be that kind of like dreamy time where I guess it's a little bit like Halloween. Um, <laughs> where they say that like you know the veil between the two worlds of like the living and the dead is thinnest and they say that when you're bleeding um the line between um yeah between your 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 consciousness and your subconscious are said to be thinner and so um you're more open to new ideas and um inspiration than you would be at any other time and then after your period you're said to be a lot more experimental, experimental, playful, resilient, and um, a little bit more egotistical and, and just kind of wanting to go after your goals and um, make yourself known in the world. So business-wise, you know, you could say this is a time to sit down and like really figure out what it is that you want um, or to reach out to people who you want to do collaborations with and um, kind of like that stereotypical early 20s career building me 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 focus <laughs> um and then the summer so the time around your ovulation is when we are said to be like I said more outward facing um more charismatic and 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 more productive because there's there's a higher level of hormones in the body and and it, we tend to have more energy and and more stamina at that time of the cycle so you know, that might be when you do the really like project work that really requires you to sit down and maybe pull a 10 hour day if you, if needs be. Um, and then the autumn, the premenstrual phase is where we are said to be more critical, judgmental, um, more inward focused and analytical. And so that might be a time when you sit down and look at your bookkeeping or um you know you review the goals that you've made and see if you're still on track if they still apply to you and basically that's the time of the cycle where we are more likely to to kind of do the spring cleaning and get rid of things that we don't need in our business um so for people who like to have a kind of guideline um that's usually what those are usually the kind of like characteristics of each of each phase I would just say and I was I mean I was guilty of this as well I think everybody who comes into menstrual cycle awareness falls into this trap because it is such an amazing tool and and it makes a lot of sense when we learn it um but there comes a point where 
we need to step away from the guidelines or the framework that's been written by other people and really see what is applicable to us with the knowledge that that may very well change because you know we get older our cycles change as we get older some of us get pregnant some of us you know we go through things that affect our menstrual cycle um and i i just would you just put a word of caution that once you feel like you've got an understanding of menstrual cycle awareness and those guidelines to really let yourself look at what is happening for you because it's very easy to fall into the trap of you know after a few months feeling like this actually isn't working for me and I don't feel like this and so is there must be something wrong with me because I'm not feeling um productive or like I want to be with people when I'm ovulating I don't I, I really just want to lie on the sofa and sleep like there's nothing wrong with you <laughs> there might be things that you can address but that might also just be the way that your cycle is so I'm always a bit like giving a pinch of salt to those kinds of guidelines, but I know that some people really need them. Yeah. yeah. I think it's nice to have like a bit of a framework and then just, just find mm. your own rhythm, isn't it? Like within yeah. that um, and what works for you. And surely that's the way to kind of, yeah, that you'll get the most out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I love that. Um, yeah. You're speaking to that nuance of it. Um, and do you want to share a little bit about your your kind of journey, your pleasure journey, mm. um, and embodiment? Because I know that's been, that's been um, a feature of your work recently, and yeah. um, it feels like one of your differentiating factors in your brand. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. Um, so my pleasure journey is it's just something I've always struggled with. <laughs> I've always um, been a bit of, yeah, um, I've, there's always been a different version of me inside my head than the version that I would show the world. Um, and it's taken a very, very long time for me to decide it's now time for me to kind of marry those two together. Um, in terms of embodiment, this is something that has been around for a while. I think it's something that I'm, I've naturally been able to do probably for most of my adult life, I would say. Um, but definitely since I started with yoga, you know, really, really um, increased my body awareness and the feeling of, of being able to come into my body and to feel what's what's going on inside that comes and goes right so there'll be times I don't want to give the impression that I'm like super embodied every day because I'm not um but I think I think something about my, my character my design I mean I'm also a Taurus <laughs> um you know very earthy and grounded sign there's something about me personally that has always felt like I can feel my body um but when I decided to start working on my pleasure journey it you know it was one of those things where I would just just read a blog post here or there or um you know just kind of come across like a, an article in um in a magazine or something and and it was always to do with you know sexual pleasure and, and how to feel more of it and how to get more confidence and 
and and it, I was always very aware that there was like my inner world where I felt very confident and um, you know sometimes would be able to tap into that um, and then there was my outer world where I would often feel quite shy and um, I guess just a bit like I would be taking up too much space for me to really allow myself to indulge in like pleasures that I wanted to as and when I wanted to um and through corona like I think again like with everything probably most people can relate to this there was just suddenly a lot more time I had a lot more time to experiment with things and and you know buy some courses online and um buy and read some books and I think definitely working with the menstrual cycle and getting more and more of an understanding of my cycle, especially after I came off the pill um, after 17 years, like, you know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know about like my libido or my anything like that. I was just, I was basically learning from scratch. And so I think coming through that, that kind of living the same way every day from being on the pill for so long to suddenly becoming a hormonal person with ebbs and flows and rhythms um, also really opened me up to understand that the things that like the way that my body felt um, varied throughout the month and the way that I felt as a sexual and sensual being varied throughout the month. Um, yeah, and it was really just one of those things of, <laughs> I'm really laughing because I remember in the, the Branding Foundations, you were like, I've got the channel of struggle. That's the, I think it's the, it's the only channel that I have in my, yeah. in my human design. Yeah. I just, you know, like just, there came a point where I just felt like I'm fed up of struggling with this. Like, you know, I would get the understandings and the learnings in my head of, you know, like this is, yeah, you know, um, when it comes to the menstrual cycle and your pleasure, it, it will change as you go throughout the cycle. Okay, I, I get that. That makes total sense to me. Um, you know, or that I can't think of anything right now, but there were a few things, especially with sexuality, where I was like, okay, I get it. Makes sense to me that I should be able to look into, or, you know, I want to be able to look in the mirror at my vulva and not feel ashamed of it and feel like, um, you know, like it's a portal to a temple. I get that. But there was something that was just not sinking in. Um, and that had been the problem for a while of just getting all this intellectual learning, but not being able to embody it. And so when I started the embodiment training last year, um, it was really fascinating to me because it was <laughs> it's this kind of information is power kind of thing. Um, there was a long time <laughs> at the beginning of the course was really dealing with like nothing to do with with sexy stuff at all it was really to do with the foundations of sexuality and sensuality and and pleasure and, and what it means and and how we can kind of block ourselves from progress or um from feeling because we don't understand what the rules are and by rules I mean like our individual rules um and for me once I understood that it changed like so much I mean the actual like information around our bodies and and things like that I knew already because I'd read so many books that the stuff around energy work I kind of 
knew already from my yoga background, but it was this, it was the, 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 the internal struggle of actually who am I and what do I want and what does pleasure mean to me? Um, and what framework do I want to create for me to, you know, be able to tap into sensuality and embodiment and pleasure and all of those kinds of things was missing. Um, and so this is a really big part of the way that I coach now, because I feel like, especially with social media, like, you know, we kind of have to keep information at a, a pretty high level um, because, you know, we've only got a certain amount of caption space and, reels can only be this long and all the rest of it and I feel like it can it can it can detract from or give the illusion that we should just be able to tap into these things straight away and feel them but actually like with anything you need to have a framework you need to have um something that you can really refer to and build on to be able to then embody it. So, you know, with you, I, I often hear you saying it's like, yes, you can get into like the gates and environment and, you know, like all of those really nuanced things, but actually like, you just want to be focusing on your strategy and your authority. <laughs> and once you yeah. do that and you do it properly, it will become embodied. And, um, and it kind of felt the same for me with the pleasure side of things. Like, there was this very, there was always um, this idea that like, you know, yes, this is high level information here, but I'm going to go in and actually read about like the technicalities of how to do things and, and, you know, how to increase this and how to increase that. Whereas actually it was just like, understand the basic rules first, like your basic rules. And the more I was able to do that, the more I was able to feel in my body. Um, so yeah, it's a, yeah. yeah. Wow, <laughs> it's, it's, been very, it's been very different <laughs> to what I expected. Um, yeah. And I think it's that quote of like, you know, what you want is very rarely what you need. And mm. what I wanted was to feel like this sex goddess who's like, oh my God, it's so amazing and turned on and juicy all the time. And, you know, and it was like, actually that's not what I needed. What I needed was to like get real with myself and look at what was necessary for me to feel safe and um yeah and open to receive not just pleasure but everything wow that's incredible I think that's really honest and raw and vulnerable to kind of share the realness of it because mm. like you say sometimes when you hear about pleasure and embodiment online it conjures up this image of yeah I don't know I, I can kind of um there's a certain image and certain I don't want to say influences but like accounts that mm -hmm. um you know I, I guess it's more sort of like sensuality when yeah. I think about it um and yeah actually stripping it back to what it's you know the core the core of of why you are in this practice and again that unique approach that you take um it's different for everyone and it looks different um for everyone and obviously you know the way that you were going to learn was through experimentation and not reading yeah. the book so much <laughs> and um yeah I it sounds like such a deep part of your becoming and your growth and 
um I think you mentioned at the beginning there was like a connection you'd seen a connection through the pleasure and embodiment and your brand what was what how how was that manifested um yeah so well I'd seen a connection between the pleasure embodiment and I mean for me that logically speaking it makes total sense that these two should fit together because the menstrual cycle is at its core a sexual thing it's a driver to reproduce right so logically it makes sense um but yeah last year there was a moment where I through the the, the sexual embodiment work was really able to look at it was more around where I'd just been shooting myself in the foot basically with my business and um there is this saying that like how you do one thing is how you do everything um and (laughs) for me I really learned through this sexual embodiment training and the process as well as a couple of other courses that I was doing at the same time I did two really really big like one was nine months the other one was was 12 months at the same time I don't know that I would recommend people to do that but um what really highlighted to me was that I just was someone who was just packing things into my life like one on top of the other and I already knew that I would hear myself saying all the time I don't have time for this I'm so busy like but there it took a while for me to really understand when it came to my sexuality um that it was often neglected because I just packed too much time too many things into my day too many things into my week and so that stopped me from being able to really think about like how does my body feel right now what feels pleasurable to me right now whether it was to do with sexual intimacy or not and through that unraveling and understanding that you know how we do one thing crosses into how we do everything else I really saw how I was living my life and just really realized that I couldn't live the way that I was living before like it you know, it felt really important to me to, like I said in the beginning, to be able to just experiment and do what I want and um, and to feel quite free in that way. But the more that I was doing, the more that I was packing myself out <laughs> with things. And so what I'm learning is that for me, a very, very important part of my brand is actually ease, which felt and feels still like a real challenge because it's having to undo or reconnect to this sense of ease and having to undo this kind of um, impulse to keep on doing, um, which means probably also leaning into my projectiveness <laughs> as well and like yeah. not, not working like an animal, but just actually really taking the time to be where I'm at and to use to know that that is then like the fuel for me to be able to experiment with and have the have enough resilience to experiment with actually how does this feel how would it feel for me to try on this kind of um you know to to try and run this kind of event or to you know work with this kind of person because I don't like you know this kind of like idea that I need to have one high an avatar it just doesn't work for me because I'm a very experimental person but 
when I am packing myself out and not giving myself enough like breathing space in my calendar or um, you know whatever it might be it feels like that's really restricted so I know that I need for me it's really important and pregnancy has been a big teacher for me in this it's really important for me to just have space because the more space that I have, the clearer that I feel about what it is that I'm actually supposed to be doing. And, and that's a challenge because, you know, like I said, when I was, started watching the Brown Foundations again last week, you know, my instinct around what is your purpose, my instinct is that it should be this like beautiful, I want to be in service to the whole world <laughs> kind of statement. and it should be very outward focused but if I'm really honest with myself like my purpose on this planet is to enjoy my life as much as possible and to experience all the things that are there and to to just feel like I can enjoy it and it's impossible for me to do that if I am overloading myself with work um, and with commitments and, and not having the spare time and the space to just enjoy and to be with myself and with my body and with my loved ones. So it was, you know, it was pretty mind-blowing to, to see that. And, um, and it was very confronting because it meant that, you know, every time I said, oh, I'm so busy or... Um, you know, don't have time for this. It just felt like a big alarm bell in my head, whereas before it had been like such a source of comfort. And I'd never heard of that concept before. And I would never have expected to have gotten that on a course about sexuality and pleasure embodiment. But um, there we go. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, wise, wise words. I think. Yeah. It's like <laughs> hearing that again. Yeah. Um, especially because I think our conditioning says that like the more productive we are the better we are and the more busy we are the better we are and you know um, it takes a lot to unravel from that and yeah to to be confronted with it and I think again like you were saying about being a projector is like we're actually not designed to thrive in that usual way mm. um, and so yeah working it all out and a very individual way that feels good for you and um yeah maybe doesn't look like the model that society has laid forward on how you're meant to thrive or be successful or um yeah exactly. oh no, and I it makes sense with the menstrual cycle as well it's not all about yes. there has to be space in there for rest mm. so yes. you know, in terms of that like the brand cohesion kind of thing it's like you know it's all right for me to talk about menstrual cycle awareness and that there needs to be periods of rest and periods of doing in the menstrual cycle but like of course it makes sense that there needs to also be that in other areas of of our mm. life as well so yeah it's 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 I'm still figuring out exactly how it's all coming together it's it's quite new this um this addition of the sexual embodiment work but um mm. I know that it absolutely does it's just yeah. a case of now like yeah letting it fall into place amazing I could yeah talk to you for hours honestly <laughs> thank you so much for your time and joining me and um 
I'd love to just finish off with a, a quick fire question on mm. based on your third line personal experience mm-hmm. um, what's one bit of guidance that you'd give to somebody um, or the listeners growing their personal brands um, through the lens of your third line of experimentation yeah I would say just be flexible with it you know like you might feel like when you sit down and you know you're looking at your who you're who you want to work with or how you want to work and it might feel like it's like that's exactly it and you know I want to work with these people and I do this thing and this is my brand message and this is my vision and this is my purpose and this is my why and everything else but um that may well change (laughs) and probably will change in some way um and I think just having the permission to be like okay like that's not interesting to me anymore or now I want to pivot and and work with a different group of people or change my brand colors or you know all of that kind of thing um just be really like open and flexible to it I think no one really notices <laughs> not that no one really notices but like you know it's kind of like I can't change my my LinkedIn my LinkedIn bio my Instagram bio because people would notice and it's like no they really don't like if you, if you feel like you want to pivot a little bit and you now want to work with different people then go ahead and change it and like that's just so liberating I think you don't have to mm. it out yes <laughs> yeah especially if you're line three I think yeah that's it I think you're such an expander for people who you know maybe feeling ready to let one part of their brand fall away and pivot them into a new direction and just keep things moving you know um yeah. And yeah, such wisdom for any other third lines out there. So thank you, Nat. Thank you so, so, so much. It's been such a joy um, chatting to you. I've learned so much. I hope the listeners have as well. Um, Do you want to just share where people can find you? And um, I know you're about to head off on maternity leave, but but what kind of (laughs) offerings you have? Yeah, um, so best place to find me is um, social media wise on Instagram. So natalie.kmartin. If you're German speaking, I've just created a new German profile, natalie k underscore martin. Um, my website is very up to date. So any offerings, workshops, um, things like that um, will be on there, nataliekmartin.com um I've got we've got our podcast that you were on um I've got a host of podcast with Julieta Durante the phone power podcast and yeah I um I offer one-on-one coaching um which I will be opening up again probably from about September um this year and um I also have my uncapped uh, sexual embodiment group program which again will probably run um in late autumn this year and my email list yeah the email list that's where I go into the detail and share what I don't have the space to or don't quite feel um called to share on Instagram and you can join up to that on my website love it thanks so much now it's been a real pleasure thank you thanks for having me it's been been lovely (laughs) oh speak to you soon 